Hey everybody, welcome. How are you? Glad you could take a couple of minutes. Every one of us out there have been subjected to it as homeowners. Knowingly or unknowingly, we all have seen that landscape in the neighborhood. We all croon and ooh and awe over saying, man, man, I wish I had that landscape. Today, we ask our existing landscape and the condition it is in right now to speak and answer this one question. How do you describe me? And how does my landscape reflect on me as a responsible homeowner? Where do you stand on this? Glad you're here. Let's get going, huh? Time to launch. Hey, I'm Matt and you can call me coach. This channel and this podcast is all about DIY landscape education, concepts and ideas so you guys can have the knowledge and power to go out and tackle your own projects yourself. Be more self-reliant and save a lot of money in the process. Who am I? Man, I'm a dude with 20 years of green industry experience. I bring with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I want to share with you. That new and modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Hey, something we can uh, talk about right out. Let's get it right out of the way. If you haven't already, you know, consider downloading this podcast or joining me over on the YouTube channel and subscribing and join me every week. A lot is to be learned here and a lot to think about. Make a commitment to listen to the whole podcast lesson to get the most out of it. Oftentimes, the most education is towards the end and the table is kind of being set for you for the topic in the beginning. So, moving forward. The ever-present Jonesian syndrome, what about those Joneses, can be both an internal and introspective problem and it can be external and consciously reflect on us from our neighbors and community. You know, back in the 80s, and I've discussed this on several podcasts and on the videos, back in the 80s when I became a first-time homeowner, I settled in with a sketch neighborhood around me, I'll be honest with you, but it's all I could afford at the time. Relatively close to where I grew up, relatively, I was about five blocks from my original grade school. And you know something? By the time the U-Haul was empty, I had people in the driveway already in the freaking driveway. Welcome to the neighborhood. I bet you you have big plans for this place and really planning on sprucing it up, huh? Yeah, hi, uh, my name's Matt. Oh yeah, 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 yo, my name's Jones. Literally, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Jones was my next door neighbor. And then I had one that was uh, on the uphill side of me too. Yeah, they both decided to gang up on me before the U-Haul was even taken back to the rental yard. Those are all too familiar comments and pressures neighbors put on one another, you know, to kind of gain conformity and change to seemingly improve the, the neighborhood, seemingly to get the eyesore next door improved. We've all been there, we've all seen it. Also known as neighborhood peer pressure, am I right? I got it from the neighbors on both sides, bam, right there in the driveway. It wasn't less than two hours. I was made very aware in a hurry that my home and my landscape was a very, very big eyesore and visually detracted away from the rest of the neighborhood. And some people were really hoping I was going to correct this matter and bring the house and the landscape back into a presentable and acceptable level that would reflect better on this neighborhood and my emerging family and myself. Is this something that you've ever faced? 
It can be a little daunting, especially if you're really young, like I was, 24 years old. It can be a little daunting and embarrassing at the same time. That is if you give a shit at all. Being young, impressionable, and conscientious, I, I got in it as, as time and money allowed. I got right on that. You know, there was a lot of cleaning up and pruning and blah, 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 and how many dump runs I did. Oh my gosh. So, looking outside right now, you know, from your car, from sitting on the patio, wherever you happen to be. So looking outside, what does your landscape say to you? The actual, if you were to ask it, hey, backyard, what do you think of me? Yeah, you know, you know what do you think? And would it have some responses similar to, uh, you are the best homeowner ever. I couldn't be more proud. I couldn't be more proud to grow for you. Or, you are a very good person, but do you mind giving me some loving here once in a while, just a little bit, please? Or maybe just, I am tired of being that house and that yard around here. Get off your lazy ass and make us shine again, would you? What might your landscape say to you? What might your house say to you? You know, in the real estate biz, there's an old adage, and you've probably heard it. First impressions are hard to overcome. It's all about that first impression when someone walks by your house or drives by your house. My first house, my first house's first impression screamed, holy crap, run. But I gotta, I gotta tell you, and I say this with a little bit of a puffed out chest and a little bit of pride, a little bit of pride. But with a modicum of skills that I had underneath my belt by age 24, I saw past this and I saw the potential that the property could have. My neighbors probably, they probably sat around in their little coffee clutch or, you know, cocktail hour in someone's backyard and they chuckled and say, hey, did you get a hold of the knucklehead that actually bought so-and-so's house there? Yeah. So what do you think that landscape said to me when I moved in? What did the landscape say about me to the neighborhood? You know, in hindsight, I would probably say it was something similar to, good thing you're young and full of piss and vinegar because you're gonna need it, young man. Boy, I'll tell you what, if I only knew then what I know now, because that yard turned around and taught me so many lessons and kicked my arse from front yard to backyard for the next 18 months. So did the house too, between repairs and updates and painting and carpets and, and oak wood flooring, sanding and all the things that I did at that first house. Oh my God, you know, a lot of lessons were learned. In the end though, hey, in the end, I made it shine. I made it shine again. You know, the Jonesians paid me uh, some, you know, meager compliments and I sold and moved on after about two and a half years of ownership, but it looked good when I left. When I, the U-Haul left that driveway the second time, yep, it looked a lot better. Hey, lessons learned, bigger and better skills were acquired. And from that point on, every house I owned, I always strived to make it the flagship in the neighborhood, you know, within the means that I could. But you know something? A healthy place to shoot for really is moderation in life, in work, in play, and in yard appearance and care. You do not have to be the flagship home. You really don't, unless that is what you're honestly striving for. Keeping a, a neat, clean, healthy, and functional landscape and a solid, everything works house projects all you need 
about you and how that first impression projects to passers-by. Your landscape should kind of make a statement without you even saying anything. It should just make a statement saying, these folks are solid. They're knowledgeable and caring homeowners who live here, always doing the best they can with what they have, living within their means and displaying a good quality of life for themselves and those around them every day. I have been at both ends of the spectrum. I have been that house on the block, like I just shared with you. And I've been at the other end of the spectrum where people slow down and ooh and ah and take a picture once in a while. That was kind of exciting, you know? I have done dozens of landscape makeovers to those houses in the neighborhood. And people just, you know, yeah, they're plunking down some big dollars, but they just feel better and prouder when that old pig of a house that they've been having for a long time has like new life injected into it and new lipstick put on it, both function, appearance, and obvious equity value. So I would usually ask this exact question to a customer or a potential customer when I would first meet with them. Then I would ask the question again after the makeover, should I have been hired? What do you think your landscape says about you? I had some answers that I was trying to mull around in my head and come up with. I used to get answers such as, I look like I don't give a shit. Or, won't these people around here be surprised and maybe they will stop snickering. And maybe uh, afterwards, afterwards statements sometimes, sometimes literally guys in tears or taking their head off their husband's shoulder or some similar type of an emotional moment. We're like, I hardly recognize my home now when I drive down the street when I come home. Or so many neighbors who I've never met and I've never spoken to stop and admire my yard now. Or give me the two big thumbs up as they're out walking their dog. You know, pride in home ownership for some, for some, not all is kind of a lost feeling and a lost art. Many give up because of their checkbook size, but mainly it is because of choice. The choice not to do much of anything, to keep up that property. This can be based on examples in their lives growing up. It could be just pure laziness, lack of skill set, like I mentioned last week, or any number of plain old excuses. Now, with that being said, and I don't want to send the tremors out into the who in the hell do you think you are land, coach. Are there valid reasons for some folks to allow their property to decline? I suppose, yes, there are. You know, some like really poor health and huge medical bills or something like that. A monumental family tragedy that is just cannot be overcome in any reasonable length of time. It's just a horrible situation. And maybe it's, uh, you know, that very elderly person that's... Uh, lost their spouse, if kind of lost their will and they're just hanging in there, you know, but they just can't sell just yet. They can't downsize, but they can't get out there and do stuff anymore. So kind of valid reasons, sure. Others though, others just don't give a crap and don't let their landscape, their house, their car or cars, both assembled and disassembled, their kids, life habits, they just don't let them define or determine who they are. It's all a choice. Those folks, and we've come across some of them, I'm sure. 
I know I've come across a lot of them in my past 40 years. Those folks almost relish giving the finger to everybody, including themselves, and the home they worked so hard to achieve at one point in time, only to let it go downhill. You know, that the old yard cars, part assembled, part disassembled, taken up the front yard, and you know, the, the barking dogs on tethers where everybody's walking by and you get that trash and beer cans and hoarding, etc. You know, we've all seen it. Now, fortunately, I think it's still the minority, not in all neighborhoods, but for the most part, I think it's still a minority. But all it takes is two or three of those in the neighborhood and it just starts stinking the place up like five-day-old fish. It really does. I know this sounds a little soapboxy, but it's really not. It's a little more of coaching and, and having you look at yourself and what does your landscape say to you. In this day and age, I think we could desperately stand to turn the clock back a few decades and re-examine life choices and home ownership pride choices just for the, the benefit of ourselves the value of our home, the value of our neighborhood, and how it is a place that draws people instead of repels people. I can't say that at the, the Ward Cleaver neighborhood, you know, or the Brady Bunch neighborhood necessarily, because we've, we've come quite a few ways and years from that. But nonetheless, even with a little effort, even with a little effort on a semi-regular basis can save a property from becoming a declining mess and that house on the block. So I ask again, if it could talk, what would your landscape say to or about you? That's the lingering question. Hey, if you feel like emailing me any questions, if you feel like joining me over on the YouTube channel, wanna talk privately, about uh, any landscape questions or any landscape help, hey, I'm there, I really am. Don't forget to check out the book. Don't forget to check out the course on the website. It's always listed here. Thanks for joining me today, I really appreciate it. Anything I can do to help coach you in the direction you and your landscape want to be, I am only an email away. Anyway guys, I will see you guys next week. As always, take care and to your landscape success. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Yard Coach Podcast. Don't forget to head over to the website at youryardcoach.com where you will find more DIY landscape education, including the free 15-step DIY landscape checklist, Coach Matt's ebook called Landscaping Simplified, and the flagship digital course, Homescape 1.0. As always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email Coach Matt directly at youryardcoach at gmail.com. We'll see you right here next week.